So today on War on Weight, I have Brandi Kepley with me. She is a blogger, a podcaster, an author, and a wellness advocate with Arbonne. I met Brandi in the group with my authors. And then I found out she was also in my podcasting group. It was just such a small world. This is going to be a little bit longer of an episode today, but I'm telling you that what we we're talking about is so important. And I hope that you will listen to the end because Brandy and I talk about what we have in common and what we don't have in common. And the biggest thing we don't, we don't have in common is we're not in the same age bracket. We have a lot of the same goals. We've had a lot of the same experiences, but I was just super impressed by Brandy and her youth and her wisdom and how she's drawing on her faith. But I just wanted to really celebrate one of my authors, or co-authors, I should say. So in our book, Becoming an Unstoppable Woman in Health and Wellness, Brandy and I both were selected to be in the book, and we wrote our story, and we talked about where we are. And it's just a really cool conversation. So let's jump in. Hey, sister, welcome to The War on Weight. Do you want to find some motivation to finally lose your extra pounds? Do you want to feel great in your favorite pair of jeans? Do you want some weight loss that's actually sustainable? Have you given up that any program will ever work for you? Well, I'm Keitha and I'm your new best friend. I've spent a lifetime on the losing side of the battle. I felt frustrated, exhausted, self-conscious, and despite any success I had in life, I felt like a failure, but I finally won the war. How did I do it, you ask? I discovered how to implement simple, healthy habits, how to completely revamp my mindset, and embrace some things that were causing me to turn to food over and over again. Lastly, I discovered how to make nutrition really super simple. And after just a few short months of fueling my body properly, I dropped more than 50 pounds and I'm maintaining it by practicing all the healthy habits you're going to learn on this podcast. So if you're tired of feeling like a prisoner in your own body, you're buying clothes to hide your body, not celebrate it. You're done having your weight affect all your relationships with others and more importantly with yourself. You no longer want to eat your feelings and then beat yourself up about it. Then this is the podcast for you. Let's armor up, sister, and fight this war on weight together. Welcome, Brandy. This is going to be so much fun, but it's also, I think, going to get kind of deep. So I just want us to share with our listeners first who you are. So tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah. So thank you, first off, so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. My name is Brandy Kepley, and I am from Springfield, Missouri. I wear many hats. <laughs> I have a podcast and a blog, and I'm also an Arbon consultant. Arbon is a health and wellness company that has over 350 different products, um, nutrition, skincare, body care, all different kinds of things. And so all of that keeps me busy as well as just some side gig stuff that I do here in person in Missouri, just to try to basically fund my ministry. And then as well as being an author with She Rises and volunteering and serving locally as well. So super passionate about mental health as I have been through quite a journey and definitely still on a journey every single day, but super passionate about mental health and just trying to break down some of those stigmas uh, specifically within the church. Yeah. Just as well as just as I learn about natural products and how what we put on in our body affects our entire body. I just have become super passionate about that and just sharing with others. That's awesome. You know, one of the things I wanted to do during this episode is to talk about all the things we have in common and discuss some things that are different. I think we really have a really important message to share today. But first and foremost, I'm going to take a guess. And the first thing that we don't have in common is I'm probably double your age. (laughs) Yes, probably so. (laughs) And so I think this is just so, I just love it when I see young 
young girls getting a grasp on their total overall wellness and health at an early age. And so I'm just super excited that you're here. I read your chapter. You know, one of the things people probably don't realize is when we do these books, they're collaboratively done and everybody thinks, oh, we all know what each other's writing about, but we don't, Mm -hmm. we have no idea. We don't, it's not until the book is done. Do we see who's in the book, what they do when we know who's in the book, but we don't know really what they write about. We don't know the titles of their books. And I just always just, I've been in two books now and both times I've just like, wow, collaboratively, we are really making a difference. And it's just so beautifully done. I think that's why She Rises does a really good job of putting the right people in the book. You know, they really, they seek out and they put in the books who they know can put together a really good story when you put them all together. So here we are. You're half my age. We're both in the (laughs) same book. We're both network marketers, so to speak. We both have podcasts. We are both huge Steph Gas fans mm-hmm. and you'll know, follow her. And I, it's, I just thought that was so interesting that we both were in the book. And then I realized that you were also in the Steph Gas group with me too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, such a small world. Yes. But when you're a podcaster, you are trying to align your body, your body, your mind, your business all to God. Steph Gas is where you end up. Mm-hmm. You know, you really do. So I just think this is great. So a lot of things that we have in common, and we're going to talk about a little bit more of that. But let's talk about some things that might not be not as fun. Let's get those out of the way. Let's get let's go to the you talk about in your chapter and I talk about in my chapter. I talk about this in both books that I was in the Unleash Her book and in Becoming an Unstoppable Woman in Health and Wellness about unresolved issues, stress. You talk about depression. I talk Mm -hmm. about how, you know, these unresolved issues, the stress and all these things that I've never dealt with led me to binge eating for more than two decades, led me to being overweight for my entire adult life. In your chapter, you tell a very vulnerable story about your mental health. So tell Mm -hmm. me the things that you use. So I clearly used food to cope. Tell me the things that you use to cope as you started into realizing that you were really struggling with your mental health. Um, goodness. Yeah. So I, one of the things that I think that you're referring to is, um, a little, a little one-liner, a little bomb that I dropped there and there, just a little sneak peek of, um, barely anything that, um, I, I struggled with. And obviously man, when I started writing, so this is my first book with she rises and I thought, Oh, I just started writing and the words just started coming out and man, 1500 words, um, is not a lot. And there's just so much more that I wanted to add. Um, but specifically one of the things that I struggled with, you know, I, I feel like I had struggled with anxiety and depression for several years. I've always been an person. Um, but just the weight of the world just became too much. And, um, I was so afraid of putting on too much stress on my husband, um, because he has epilepsy. And so stress can be a huge trigger to cause him to have seizures, which is only going to cause him more stress. It's only going to cause me more stress. Um, it was just this absolutely horrific, endless cycle. And there was a, there, there were times specifically one time that I started to cut myself. That was just, it was such a deep, dark place. And I knew that, um, it wasn't really going to help. Um, I knew that God was the answer that he's always been the answer. And I really knew I was really not going to find any comfort there, but I was at a point that I didn't care. I was so desperate of just not caring. And then my, my mind was playing tricks on me. And basically after I did cut myself, I waited several days for my husband to notice. And when he didn't notice that that was hurtful. 
And I don't say that to say that like my husband's an awful person because he's absolutely not. He just assumed that the dogs probably scratched me. I mean, we have two big dogs and we play rough and, you know, so it's this random scratch on my arm. It's not like I was literally cutting my arm off. It was just a random cut. And so he probably just thought the dog scratched me or I scratched it when I was working outside. That was a moment when I finally broke down a few days later and, and I told him and he just started crying. He said, I had no idea. And I said, I, I need help. Like I need you to take me to the doctor. And we took, we made an appointment and spent the entire next day out all at this doctor and that doctor. And it was, it was just absolutely devastating. And so ways, you know, that, that was the, well, actually the one and only time that I cut my arm, but that I led to, that was how I coped with that. I wasn't, there were times that I drank, but never like, again, I did not know, like think that it was going to fix the problem or anything like that. And I was never like just getting drunk. I just wanted to just feel a little bit better. <laughs> About, right. about anything. But yeah, basically the only other than that one time that I cut myself, the only really time I really, it was like, I just didn't cope. I shoved it inside. I had panic attacks. I felt so depressed that I just felt like life wasn't worth living. So saying like, how did you cope? Like I really didn't like, except for that one time trying to express my feelings. And obviously that was not a good way to express that. And then that led to me getting help, but I really didn't, I didn't cope. I didn't want to talk about it. Didn't want people to think that I was less than that. I was weak because nobody got it. So I really just, just didn't cope until looking more on once I was on the road to, you know, recovery, how did I cope on a more healthy standard? So I, I could not be where I am today without counseling. I have an amazing Christian counselor. I go every two weeks. And I always say like, I could go every single week for the rest of my life and still not run out of things to talk about. <laughs> That's just how passionate I am about counseling. I think it can um, definitely just be a game changer for everyone counseling and as well as time with the Lord. And also my, my community, my accountability partners, my husband, just people that were there that you know, not that they weren't there before, but it was just, it was just really difficult. And I was in a really dark place. And so those, those people just constantly just being there for me. I mean, just community is everything. Those are ways on the more healthy end of how I coped and, you know, how I continue to cope even now. I know for me, I've shared the story several times on my podcast is that, you know, when I never told anybody I was a binger, mm -hmm. I assumed everybody knew that I was because of my weight. That's not really the case. People had no idea. And mm -hmm. I really only, there was at one point when I was doing a course with Jane, which was my last week's guest, I was doing this course with her and she asked us to find one person to tell. And that's when that was the hardest thing. And so I actually texted a friend and said, I need to be able to text you to tell you this is going on and I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And as weird as this is, just that text message and her saying, okay, completely changed things for me. Yeah. I think I only texted her like twice after that, but it lifted something just telling mm -hmm. one person. And then I've really not talked to anybody else about it except for on this podcast. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Um, yeah. I didn't really like reading in your chapter when I read that literally in your chapter, I'm going to have you read it because I can't read it because I just cried because mm -hmm. knowing that you you did something at such a young age that I couldn't even do today. Like there was no way that I could tell a family member, my husband or anyone what my problem was. I couldn't do it. I could not bring myself to do it. 
And I think that most of my family has heard about my struggle on this podcast, if they're listening. Mm, yeah. It's just there, there you have it. If they're not listening, they still don't know. When I went to counseling, I even candy coated it. I had a lot of things to work through. I had a lot of unresolved issues. I had a lot of things that had to be worked through that led to the binge eating, but yeah. the actual, so that, so we were addressing all those core issues that needed to be addressed, but I held on to that. Like, I mean, I held it close, absolutely mm-hmm. close. So read us that part in the chapter that if your chapter is starts at, but at some point, this is a good one (laughs) or not so good one, I guess. It's good that you were able to express yourself. And I think it's just really going to help people so much. But at some point I had to tell him how bad it was. I vowed on my wedding day not to hide even the ugliest parts of me. So this was it. I told him how bad it was with tears rolling down my face. I need you to take me to the doctor. I sobbed. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to live anymore. That was truly just that that moment. You know, I mean, my husband knew. I mean, my husband knew that for years I struggled with anxiety and depression. He knew, but he didn't really realized the severity of it in that weekend. I mean, I was a constant roller coaster. And so he didn't really realize that. So, and actually I did not share this in the chapter, but just to make paint you a picture, make matters worse here. So that was on a Sunday that I told him that that Monday, we didn't tell anybody, but we, so we just went straight to the doctor. One doctor sent us to another doctor and then we spent hours there waiting. And then we went to my, my counselor. And after we got home, we discussed, we're like, okay, like, I don't think I can work anymore outside of the home. Like I, you know, basically we're, we're going to go in tomorrow. We're going to completely, we're going to just quit my job. And I'm going to figure out some way to work from home. But first I just need a break. Like my main goal right now is to just stay alive, period. And so that was literally, he was the only person that really knew how bad that was. The next day, obviously that is stressful for him. The next day he had a seizure. And I mean, one of the most God awful things you've ever, ever experienced. I, that next, that next day he fell out of the shower having a seizure. And I went in there and I held his head while his lips turned purple and he was not breathing. After I was already suicidal that weekend before, was awful, was able to get him back, drug him to bed. And then I called my mother-in-law and I just like told her, I was like, this is just what happened. And then I said, I just, I like, I need support. I need you to come here. And I was, and then I'm just saying, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. And she said, Brandy, why, why would it be your fault? And I just was bawling. And I said, I've been so suicidal and I haven't told you guys. And we spent all day at the doctor yesterday and this is all my fault. I just, I, I just stressed him out. And she said, hold just, just, just stop. I'm coming. She came and she brought us food. And then he started to have another seizure. Then he would not stop throwing up. He just threw up and he threw up and he threw up. And this was a time of, of COVID on top of all of that. And oh, so gosh. we went into the hospital and I was the only, like, you know, only one person was allowed with him into the ER. So it was just me. And I was relaying all of this to our parents on the outside. And we were there for so many hours and he was eventually sent home. He didn't have any brain damage, all of this. They got him medicine. They were able to give him fluids, but this is just Again, a day after this, this is what we're dealing with. It was so, so, so traumatic. One of my best friends from childhood, we had kind of drifted apart, but she worked, she she was a nurse at the hospital. 
she showed up at the emergency room. She said, Hey, you know, your mom told me what was going on. I just came to check on you. And I just started bawling. I said, you don't even know how hard this is. And I just lifted up my shirt and I showed her that week before where I had cut my arm and she just starts bawling. I didn't even physically tell her what had happened, but it was like in that moment, she just knew. And we both just stood there bawling. It was such, such a moment, just like you mentioned about your friend, about how you just had that moment that it wasn't really words weren't expressed, but it was like, God just mended that gap. And we are still absolutely sisters. And she is one of, one of the few people that I have that I can go to and be like, Hey, like, I don't really want to talk about it, but I just need to be with somebody because I know that's the safest thing. And she's always there for me. So I can kind of relate to, to that and what you're saying. And I think that people who are in such difficult crisis like that, that that's just what is so, so important is to have those people. The biggest message that, that I wanted to come across in this episode is professional help is never, should never be underrated. Um, Even, and I think you just actually reiterated it because what I hear from people and friends over the years, you know, when you try to attempt to get help, it's never easy. It's very sad that in the mental health space, it's so hard to get help. And a lot of times, just like your friend and my friend, our friends are not equipped to handle some big issues. Mm -hmm. They can be accountability to be a safe place to help us get where we need to go, but they're not necessarily, they're not equipped for that. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, I think that's our, our main point to drive home today is if you get into a position in a situation where Brandy was in, definitely get help, whatever it looks like, even if it means going to the ER Mm -hmm. and then getting frustrated because they don't do anything for you, somehow get you to the next place, hopefully. And I also just want to communicate too. But I think some of the most important things just to know is that like, so people, once they did find out, I mean, kind of like you said, people don't really know unless they listen to my podcast. Here I am sharing all of this with my virtual friends and just with people out and about. And, you know, I think I maybe know of one family member that, that listens to my podcast. So, I mean, if they don't know, then they can pull up their phone and they can listen to it. Something to know is that I was raised in a Christian household. I was I knew the right thing. I knew the truth of God. I knew that that was always to be leaned upon. So many times I was told, you just need to pray about it more. You know, just that just God would just take it away if you just asked him to. And while I firmly believe that God absolutely can take it away, I also know that medication, counselors, doctors are things that he uses. Those are tools that God uses to bring us out of these pits to show his glory through that. Even if you are thinking like, oh, I have no quote unquote reason to be depressed. You know, I'm a Christian. I was raised in a good household. I wasn't physically abused. Like all of these things, like, no, like, because we live in a fallen world and there can be chemical imbalances, you know, there can be trauma. There can be so many things. And it's what, what I'm realizing now as, as an adult. And as I've gone through so much counseling, there can be things that we don't really realize that is leading to other things that just, it just builds up because we live in a fallen world and we all have crap. And so don't feel bad. Even if you think, well, well, I'm a Christian and I should just, you know, I shouldn't be dealing with this. That's absolutely not true. And if you're being told that, that's absolutely a lie from Satan and don't believe it. Mm, Absolutely. God's glory will be shown through that. Just keep going one day at a time. It's okay to take medication. It's okay to go to counseling. It's okay to go to a doctor, whatever that looks like. Those are tools that God can use and he will use. So all of the glory goes back to him while saying that that doesn't discount the difficulty of it. That doesn't discount the feelings and the needs. We do need to take care of ourselves. We do need to have time for that because 
because that that's what God wants from us. Absolutely. I can remember so many times that because I couldn't get my eating under control, I felt like I was a bad Christian. But at the same time, my listeners have heard me talk about this. When you talk about the sin of gluttony and you talk about overeating, it's everywhere. You can go to church and and no one cares that you overeat. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid you start doing drugs and being drunk at church. Now there's a problem. But when you're overeating, everybody's doing it. So it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The sin is no different. And for me, I couldn't get it under control. And so I would feel like I needed to hide from God. I knew there were, like you said, I knew. I've known Jesus since I I was a very young child. Thank goodness, because my life would have ended up much differently had I not. I just felt like I knew knew what to do. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't get it under control. Anyway, thank you for sharing your story. Tell us what your chapter is called. Yeah, my chapter is called Unfinished Healing. And the reason it's called Unfinished Healing is because after all of this chaoticness, when I just stopped and finally was willing to listen to God, he told me like, Hey, I brought you through this and I want you to share that. It's really hard and it can be really ugly, but there's so much glory that comes out of it for him. And so he just was pushing on my heart to like, I want you to share your story, even if it can just help one person, because there are young women out there that were raised in Christian households and they are feeling this way and they're feeling like they have no way out and they are committing suicide. And I want you to tell them that that's not the only option. And so I started writing and I started a podcast, which I thought nobody's going to listen to this. This is ridiculous. People do like, I'm still doing it. Right. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know God, but whatever the title of this entire thing, this entire movement that got put on my heart was unfinished grace. The whole point is that I'm not finished yet. My story is not over yet. That God is showing me that even though though I have come a long way in these last two years, I still have days where I'm very depressed. I still have days where life just does not feel worth living, but God's grace is always better. He's always, it, it always wins. That battle has been won for me since day one. And so my story isn't over yet. Specifically grace. I struggle so much as a perfectionist to give myself grace. It's a beautiful reminder, even to me to give myself grace and to give others grace because of the grace that God gives us. My chapter is called unfinished healing is to kind of spend off of that, just also to drive the point home that this is not something that I just poof and it's like better. This is probably something, I mean, I have been diagnosed with clinical long-term depression and I will probably always deal with this my entire life. You know, hopefully it gets better, but it is a reality that I will most likely always deal with this. It was a very difficult thing to, to really come to just that, just that acceptance of that. But what is so crazy. And I just, I just have to have to share this. I've shared this on my blog before, but what is just so crazy is that there became a time several months ago that I just was started just praying like, God, I don't like, I don't want it to go away to literally pray that you're okay with being depressed for the rest of your life is really hard. And not that, you know, I want to be depressed, but I've seen this constant roller coaster of good days and bad days. And I've seen people be like, wow, thank you for sharing because I feel that exact same way. And I've never told anybody. So I think that God continues to allow me, not cause me, God does not cause me to be depressed. He does not cause me to be suicidal. I live in a fallen world. And that is why he allows it 
So then I can be stronger. And so then others can be stronger as well as they are experiencing that. They may say, oh, well, then God must have more for me too. Like, I don't want to end my life because God has more than that. And that will ripple through generations. And I know that as well as just breaking generational curses. You know, I love, I love my family, but they grew up in a different time and they have a different viewpoint of some of these things that I have a viewpoint on. But that stops here. That that stops here. I'm not carrying that on to my children when they come. They're going to know that God loves them. They're going to know that it's okay to not be okay, but God's going to be right there. And so that, that stops here. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, one of the things that that we both said in our chapter was that we felt led to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very interesting. I mean, I literally tried hard like several times. I was like, you know, I literally, it came to me, I think it was in the middle of the night and I decided I was going to do this podcast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea how to do a podcast. I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I want to figure out how to do it. And then it was during a time I was working with a business coach and and she highly discouraged me from it. Said, you know, try not to, to don't, don't get distracted and go there. And so I put it down and then I'd pick it back up and I'd start working on it again. And then it was just like, there's this passion that when I do a podcast, it just lights my hair on fire and I just get so excited. And that's mm-hmm. how I know that like, if it's my hobby, it's my hobby, but this is, there are so many things that we can share via a podcast that is just absolutely invaluable. Not everybody has resources to hire business coaches or counselors, you know, but there are some resources that we can give. How did you feel like it started with you to start your podcast? Yeah. I mean, I think for a long time, like God had always just kind of put these just like little drops, like in my life, just like these little nudges. Oh man, it'd be really cool if you did this. And I'm like, yeah, there's definitely no way. Like I'm an introvert and I don't like to talk to people. And I'm like, there's no way I would ever speak in front of anyone or share with anybody. That's just, that's just not going to happen. As after I quit my job and as I saw like God bring me through this really dark depression, I just felt that way more and more and more and more and more. And I was like, you know what? And I just, there, there was just so much prayer. There was so much, you know, conversation with my husband. And I was like, I think God like wants me to do this. Like now, not like later, not like when we have kids and they're, they're off in school and no, like, I think he wants me to do this now because it's every single day that he's bringing me this nudging. My husband as supportive as he is. He's like, okay, let's go, you know, let's do it. You know, go for it. Okay. (laughs) And so, and so I started writing and I, you know, did tons of, tons of research. And then I started my blog and then I started networking. And then, and then I met a friend and she was telling me about her podcast and she goes, seriously, it is so easy, you know, use this app, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can do that. Which led to that. And then I was searching out for specific help and doing less specifically with my anxiety. I was trying to cut back on caffeine and was just on that journey. And so then um, a good friend of mine told me about Arbonne. And so then I started using those products. And then I loved them. And then I'm like, Hey, I'm going to tell everybody about them because, well, I love them. And now I'm like, Hey, might as well make, make a commission from this. And so then I was doing that. And then Heather with she rises, like randomly messaged me and was like, we would love for you to be a part of this. And I'm like, who me? And then I got accepted. And then I was like, okay, God, like, I just need to get out of the way because you are just let you work. You were doing things. And I just, 
I just pray like, God, just let me be your hands and feet. Well, one of the things I wanted you to quickly share, we're, I don't know how long we've been going, but this has been so good. But what I love about podcasting is, is when it gets too long, I just split it into two episodes. I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so who cares? You know, we're both network marketers, so to speak, and, and coaches. I coach my clients through a full transformation program with Optibio, and we don't take any extra supplements during weight loss because during weight loss, everything that we need is in our fuelings that we have during the day. And when my revelation wellness coaching, which is more about becoming spiritually and physically fit. I also don't talk. We just really talk more about food freedom and getting physically and spiritually fit. So I really don't, I'm not a supplement expert by any stretch of the imagination, but when we get to maintenance, Dr. Anderson tells us there's, there's certain supplements we need to take. So I wanted to know if you could tell my listeners, specifically women, because majority of my listeners are women. If you're over 45, what products do you have with Arbonne as far as supplement wise that would, that's ideal for them? And then also for those women under 45. So Arbonne has just a little bit of everything. Arbonne is a health and wellness company. They have nutritional things. So like energy, like drinks, as well as like protein powders, protein snacks, like that. That, that kind of stuff. They also have skincare. They also have like body care. They have baby line. Like they have like a ton of stuff. So specifically nutrition. Well, and I'm not, you know, 45 yet. So I'll, I'll just speak from my knowledge and what I know. So some of the things that has specifically helped me, if you struggle with anxiety and depression, one of the things that I take, it's actually just a powder that I mix into my drink. You can mix it into just water, tea. I use their fizz sticks, which is like their version of like an energy boost, but this product, it's called inner calm and it has ashwagandha and saffron in it. And those are both herbs that are really shown to uplift the mood as well as just kind of release some anxiety and some tension. When I first got, got started with Arbonne, I, like I said, I was having so much caffeine and so much coffee that I was literally having heart palpitations. Like I thought I was dying because <laughs> I was so, so depressed and so fatigued that I, I had to have caffeine. And so that's what I was, that's what I was shoveling in. And then I was having more anxiety and it was just an awful endless spiral. So I was like, okay, I need something that is a lot healthier for me. That is, that is going to help me. So the energy fizz sticks, I hate to use the word energy drink because when I think of the word energy drink, I think of like a monster or something. That's absolutely not what these are. These are, it's a little powder, kind of like um, a crystallite drink powder that you mix in with water, all different fruity flavors. And it has a lot of B vitamins and just lots of other minerals. So not only is it good for your um, immune system, but it's also good, like a good energy boost. The caffeine in it is derived from green tea. So coffee is really acidic. It's really not good for our system. And it really just kind of revs us up. Green tea extract caffeine releases a lot slower. Um, so there's no crash. There's also only two grams of sugar in there. So there's nothing artificial, no artificial sweeteners, flavors, colors, dyes, anything like that. So I just feel really confident about what I'm putting in, into my body, knowing that it's much better for me. They give me way more energy than if I was to go through a drive through and get an espresso drink. So I pair that um, energy fizz stick with with the um, inner calm powder. And it has been a huge game changer for me. I am not a physician. So obviously please go and consult your physician first. I can speak from my experience. And I know that, you know, I would never say that it just like cures my anxiety or depression, but it gives me such a sense of, okay, I can do this. Like I, awesome. it, it is just definitely so, so manageable. So I would recommend that to anybody and everybody, but obviously specifically young people who are maybe really addicted to the sugar 
sugary sodas, coffees, monster type energy drinks. That that is a that'll be a huge, huge switch. Yes. Let's talk a little bit. The other thing we had in common was that we both ended our chapter with a scripture, which I thought yeah. was very interesting. And also interesting that both of us put our scripture at the end. Like it wasn't intermingled, it was just mm-hmm. at the end. So tell me what your scripture was. Yeah. So my all-time favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which is my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Again, when God put that unfinished grace on my heart, this was just that that verse that was there. And just a constant reminder to me, I think some people can be maybe kind of discouraged by the thought, oh, well, nothing I can do to make God love me anymore, any less. But I'm like, praise the Lord, there's nothing I can do. That will change the way he sees me. Like I am already, I mean, I am a child of the king. I mean, he has won the war. He has won the price. That is secured. My, My eternity is secured in him. And so it doesn't matter what the devil tries to throw at me. It doesn't matter what kind of quote unquote weakness I feel. So when, you know, I think often when we feel anxious, when we feel depressed, obviously when we feel suicidal, we, we feel that as weakness. I mean, how could, how could we not? But that's, I mean, the whole point is that in this weakness, in our struggles, he turns it around to bring himself glory. Like it is like his power is made perfect. So I am constantly just, you know, having to tell myself like, okay, if I hadn't gone down this road that I gone down, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Not just me specifically being the person that I am, but me inspiring other people. God always has a plan and he always works it out for his glory. That's awesome. It is absolutely when you hear, you talk about you're perfect in just the way that you are. Like that's a a huge acceptance that people have to come to. Sometimes Mm -hmm. can be done at a younger age or an older age. I ended my chapter with Philippians 1, 6. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, when I look at my life and I look at everything that I've been through in double your years Mm -hmm. and think about all the different ways that he's used me over the years in the good, bad, and the ugly. And there's been some really ugly. There's been, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, we've all had our uglies. I just cling to the fact that he's not done with me. So that's why at 52 years old, I can start a podcast and say, he's not done with me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking for a long time. Like, you know, I don't think people can shut me up. Well, (laughs) it has been such a pleasure to have you here. I want to make sure we get in the show notes, how people can find you. And so I'll make sure that your website is there. I'll make sure that your podcast is there. And I can't wait for them to see your, your podcast art picture when they see this vibrant young woman with a huge smile on her face. And I hope that just hearing your story and comparing it to your picture, that that opens some people's eyes. Absolutely. I pray that as well. Alrighty. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Sister, could you relate? Did you feel that woman inside of you just trying to break free? If so, then we need to be friends. Head on over to the Facebook and send me a friend request. I'll actually accept it. You'll get my daily healthy eating recipes and see all the fun I have living a larger life in my smaller body. And you may even get a laugh or two over me and my 50 plus chickens. I proudly claim the crazy chicken lady title. Plus, you might get some gardening tips on growing your own healthy meals. You'll quickly fall in love with my chocolate lab Brady and one of my many cats. You'll also see that I am a lipstick-loving, coffee-drinking mom, wife, and Jesus freak. Can't wait to see you over on Facebook. And more importantly, I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. I want to see your written reviews. Take 60 seconds. 
and leave me a written review and then screenshot it and go on Instagram and tag me so I can give you a proper thank you for your review. If you're already thinking I might be the coach from you, you can go ahead and schedule a free appointment with me at coachkeitha.com. And how you spell Keitha is K-E-A-T-H-A, coachkeitha.com. You can find all my social links in the show notes as well as my website link. Thanks again for listening to my show. I'll see you on the battlefield. Until next time.